Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today it's all... Actually, I was going to say it's all Toyota news. Really is not. It's just more Toyota leaks and, and whatnot. But Not real news, but not... <laughs> it's kind of... It's the least newsy news that we've had on the Tundra yet. So in a series of teasers that we're getting from Toyota... Uh, their their press stuff we have the trd pro trim of the tundra a little bit of pictures leaking out now uh well quote unquote leak i mean this is all strategic just to get people excited about the tundra which which you know no one really has been for the last 15 years so it's it's about time um so what do we have here we have uh, a red interior essentially three things were were talked about or shown i should say yeah the first thing is the seats i think the seats seats. is a big one because the seats uh yeah some kind of red leather or whatever material this might be it's got like a digital camo kind of look to it in red um and then it's got some white contrast stitching trd pro embossed or stitched into the uh, seat back there um kind of nice toyota's going with this red thing i don't know you know everyone was crazy for it when when they did it on the camry but i don't really like how it's executed on the camry um i think it looks kind of tacky but this one is kind of cool i like the uh the pattern that they put into the seat back yeah, the pattern looks cool. And the fact that there's kind of like holes in the material suggests that there'll be ventilated seats. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice as well. I mean, yeah. the seats themselves, I think that looks fine. No no real complaints here. But I mean, you're only seeing like the, you know, the upper part of the backrest and a little bit of the uh, the headrest itself. So like, you don't even see how, how thick the bolsters are. So there's really nothing to really go on. Yeah, but I mean... Toyota's had a pretty good track record with uh, good front seats lately. I feel like like all the Lexus products are pretty good, and I, I fit pretty good in all the Toyota pro- except for the Supra. I don't, don't really like the Supra seats. Uh, I don't I really fit why. in those. I wonder um, why. <laughs> but the Rav Four, Corolla, Camry, I, I think they all have pretty decent seats these days. Uh, much better than Toyota 15 years ago. Um, mm. which had some of the worst seats in my yeah. opinion. Um, so props to that. I think I think they uh, are on the right track. Now the other two pictures we have, uh, one is like a drive select thing behind the gear shifter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're confirmed to have MTS, which is Toyota's multi-terrain select system, just like you'd find on any other SUV, off-road, trucky vehicle these days uh, and also crawl control which you know that's like your your low speed cruise control for off-road so it just sorts out uh the wheel spin and stuff like that toyota has one of the best ones in the market too yeah it does and i was able to try it last time we went out off-roading a little bit i mm. was in the uh, the foreigner um got a little stuck in like the sandy pit area but put on crawl control and it dug itself out so like it's quite impressive stuff that it you know it's able to just do what it needs to do so definitely definitely a good system to have yeah and i i don't know if the i think the raptor has it 
uh, Ford has it on their their FX4 is actually even, but it's not quite as uh, trick as the Toyota one, I think. And I don't know if the the Rams have it, but uh, that that does kind of that does kind of uh, separate this uh, Tundra TRD Pro mm-hmm. from from the rest. Uh, you know, and this is going to be like a. Seventy, eighty thousand dollar truck at the end of the day. So, yeah, uh, it better have like ventilated seats and stuff like this, and it's it's, it's got to have an interior to match. Like, looking at just the little corners that we're seeing of the interior, I'm like, oh no, it's got like a really plasticky looking Toyota interior. <laughs> like, well, the the third picture kind of resides back to that, right? It's a it's a Qi charger, so yeah. it's a wireless charger. I mean, I don't even know why that's a leak at. You know, in 2021, if you don't have a wireless charger on a brand new vehicle, like, really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely not much of a leak. Um, but there is a, they did trademark something recently. Um, it was a hybrid engine. I forgot what it was called. Hybrid Max or something like that. Um, oh, yes. And then rumors are speculating that it's going to be a, a hybrid tri drivetrain for the tundra just because of the max wording that's on it i force max yes oh no i force max is no, the both. twin turbo uh v6 that's potentially coming to the tundra so uh-huh. like these are all speculations but because of the max wording this mm-hmm. hybrid max powertrain people are thinking that it's going to go into the tundra and of course if it's in the tundra it's going to go towards you know other toyota products as well uh but it's it's you know just a lot of speculations and a lot of things are kind of coming up you know as long as a as a as a tundra actuals release gets closer we're seeing more and more information makes sense because i mean toyota uh, as good and as popular as their hybrids are, um, they haven't really been able to capitalize on, you know, exciting people about hybrid technology, like enthusiasts. Uh, you know, they tried before with their the, the Lexus products, I feel like, but I don't think it's really gotten that much traction. But I think in a pickup truck, um, you know, Ford Ford's doing it. So mm-hmm. there's definitely... There's definitely a reason to go that way, I think, if you're not yeah. towing. But yeah. who knows? Maybe it will work, too. I mean, it's chances it's going to get that 4.7 later V8. I mean, it's it's the tried, tested, true. You 5.7. Know, oh, 5.7, right. The old one's 4.7, right. Yeah. Um, it's going to have that engine. So, you know, to have a little bit better fuel efficiency <laughs> than that old motor, yeah. it's, it's welcome. They've got to bring down their average too. At the same time, that that five point seven is actually not too bad. Um, again, back in ten, twelve years ago, but yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on from that. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the car company that you know everyone can afford Ooh, these days. A green car, <laughs> a truly green car. It's the Bentley Bentayga Hybrid. So they call it a hybrid, but really it's a plug-in hybrid, right? Because there's literally a plug that's going into it. Um, but the Bentley Bentayga, I mean, let's be honest. It's 6,000 pounds. <laughs> well, it's 6,000 pounds and it's like, what, $300,000? I don't know. It's it's stupendously expensive. Are you really worried about fuel efficiency? 
Like, you know, <laughs> is that something that you care about? That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and that's I I don't know. I think Porsche's done a pretty cool thing with their Turbo SE hybrid. Uh, it does save you a little bit of gas, but it's a lot more expensive. It costs like three times what their base model Cayenne costs. <laughs> but it does 3.2 seconds 0 to 60, and it's got green brakes and green stuff yeah, in there. It's... I think it does kind of excite people. And, I mean, it's about kind of positioning the company to towards its future, right? So Bentley says that by 2030, they're going to be all electric. So, so I, I think one of the biggest things Porsche does really well on that is their hybrid system is not, you know, a lower tier engine. It is mm. a higher tier. It's more performance. You get yeah. more out of it. It's a turbo S. Yeah. But this, Bentega is not because instead of a big honking V8 or even a W12, you get it's a, a VR6. V6. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if it's a VR6. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's a it only has 335 horsepower, but you know yeah. with the electrical motors, you're looking at about 443. So it's not bad in terms of actual output, but it's it's not as quick as the V8s. Um, and I was looking at fuel economy. Sure, when you have like actual Full juice charge. in the battery, like yes, 46 mpge, pretty good numbers. But if you don't have a charger if you run out of charge which in about i think it was 18 miles so after 18 miles it goes to a regular kind of v6 bentega with a little bit of a hybrid tech in there and you're looking at 19 miles per gallon which is one better than the v8 model yeah because nowadays a, a four liter turbo v8 uh can get pretty good fuel economy if you're not on it yeah um and so yeah the the extra weight from the hybrid and the fact that it doesn't give you that much range it's kind of neither here nor there i don't i don't know if anyone really wants this type of vehicle um i don't i don't see the appeal oh well it is quiet i guess for that yeah. first 18 miles yeah as if a V8 Bentley is very noisy to begin with. It's like not, no, but it's a, it's, it's quiet, but it's a good noise. It's not, you know, yeah. obnoxious by any means. Yeah. But this 17.3 kilowatt hour battery, like, it's just too small to have it be actually usable. And, but like, it's not so small that it's packaged well, um, because you lose it on the third row in this. I mean, the Bentega third row really wasn't that useful, anyways. But I'm sure this takes up a little bit more of that uh, trunk space because the entire battery pack, it's underneath mm -hmm. the load floor in the rear. And because it, you're adding almost 500 pounds to the rear load floor, the weight balance, it's actually a little bit more distributed. It's almost 50-50 front rear. Oh, is that <laughs> a positive, I guess? I don't like, know. Yeah, there, there, there is a good thing right there. <laughs> I mean, speaking of weight, we have this uh, Mulliner Special Edition mm. Bentega Hybrid. Um, so, yeah, 22-inch carbon fiber wheels. You're saving 6 kilograms per wheel, so... 24 kilograms total which is i think 53 like 50 pounds? pounds yeah 50 yeah something. yeah not um, i mean unsprung weight that's not bad 53 pounds yeah but I, I, 
Yeah. I mean, the elephant in the room is really like, okay, so the weight savings, maybe neither here nor there, but people, some people insist that a carbon fiber wheel is going to give you better feel, uh, not only from the weight, but also from the rigidity. Hmm. But I have to say, just the look of it, I don't really care for this wheel at all. Like, I, and that, so far that's been the case with like pretty much every carbon fiber wheel I've ever seen. They just don't look that great, and they always just very straight, very simple lines. Um, they don't offer that flair that I'm really looking for in my three hundred thousand dollar SUV. Um, to me, I think it looks kind of plain. Uh, like the the carbon texture is kind of cool. Carbon but texture looks so fake. It, it looks like a hydro dip wheel, kind of. But that's you know that's the problem. And even uh, what the GT three fifty R had those carbon wheels. I didn't think they looked that great either. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know carbon wheels, and the, and the fact that it's just not that practical. You gotta consider if you curb these, it's oh, not gonna be fun. Don't ever curb them. This is gonna cost like. A Toyota Corolla. If you were to curb this wheel, it's gonna cost you that much. Like it's insane. Um, you know, cool that they're going this direction. They're, you know, this is the first, right? We we will see better looking wheels and more purposeful applications of the technology as we go on. I mean, carbon fiber wheel technology is not brand new, but you know that is Bentley moving towards lighter weight somehow <laughs> well i mean they kind of did with yeah. going from the w12 to the v8 you know that helped them save quite a bit of weight already yeah. so this is just your next step i guess yeah. the bentig is actually not like ridiculous like it looks like it would weigh a, a crap load but it's actually not that ridiculous if i remember correctly for it's under six thousand pounds actually. for a full luxury vehicle with you know all the sound deadening and everything yeah i guess it's not bad um but you okay i just want to loop back a little here you said you don't like any carbon fiber wheels that has ever come out even like the koning seg ones oh well eh, uh i'm not the, i think they've done a little bit more of you know, in terms of the wheel design, because I get what you mean, because like this Bentley wheel, as well as the Mustang wheels are pretty flat. And I know, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't say I'd know. I'm pretty sure you're looking for a wheel that has a little bit more concavity, some more of a 3D look to it. Yeah, no, look at the Koenigsegg. They have a five spoke version. They have their new Regera with them with this, uh, with like a three spoke it looks like the Diablo like Lambo phone dials, but a mm. three-spoke version of it, and it's still very flat. Like yeah. it just because I just I remember know. the the Yesco that they had on display here in Vancouver. Those ones were also the carbon fiber wheels, and they look pretty good. Or maybe I just I was just drooling on the carbon fiber. I think I think the overall car and like the details are great, but the wheels they they are just a very simple five-spoke. Mm. uh straight design so yeah i'm not sold on carbon fiber wheels yet um i don't know if i will own any in this lifetime but uh, <laughs> we will see maybe on like a bicycle <laughs> that, yeah the, or a motorcycle perhaps that'll be significantly less in terms of cost than uh, a bentley wheel 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, if you do curb this 22-inch carbon fiber wheel, if you curb, like, carbon fiber, when you hit it, it shatters. Yeah. Right? So I'm thinking if you curb this wheel, you're buying a wheel. You're yeah, not there's fixing no, it. You can't fix it. Hmm. You, you can't fix that weave and stuff. You have to buy a new one, which is why it'll be 20 grand. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even want to know how expensive this wheel is. But um, yeah, so Bentega, pretty, pretty reasonable weight, though. Like a normal Bentega is like 5,500 pounds. This hybrid oh. one is more. Is this hybrid one is estimated at 6,000 pounds, which I think is still reasonable for the size and, you know, all the luxury you get in this SUV. Yeah, that's actually not too bad. Yeah, modern cars, really not bad. Uh, shed a lot of weight over the years. That's the MLB Evo or MLB platform? MLB Evo. I, think. I have no idea. MLB Evo is I don't the know platform. Their so that's shared with the Urus, the Cayenne, uh, the new e-tron, not the A3, uh, the Q8, and also the Touareg that we don't get here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a little bit longer version of uh, their, their platform. Um, yeah, no, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Torreg, let's talk a little bit about Volkswagen. What we do get uh, now nowadays with uh, well, Volkswagen SUVs. Well, we 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 do get this model technically, but not this model. <laughs> so yeah. this is uh, Volkswagen reviewed a, a little concept car here. It's actually kind of cool. Um, it's the Atlas Cross Sport GT concept. So essentially, what they did is they took their Atlas Cross Sport, which is their mm-hmm hatch two door not two door four door coupe version the, of the atlas yeah and then they shoved a golf r drive chain in it <laughs> so kind of it had a it had the engine to begin with so the atlas you can get with two ways you can get the the v6 or you can get the two liter turbo the v6 is the more expensive option but for this sport concept they went with the uh two liter turbo i guess for more you know mod potential um i mean i like what they've done with the interior it's it's so simple but it's like how can you not like it right so let's talk a little bit about the interior first before we go outside um so the interior essentially is the exact same as stock other than wheels or sorry not wheels what am i talking about seats and back seats so the seats themselves they're switched with recaros instead um, so you get four Recaros in this car. No Recaro Sportsters. Which is like the kind of like the more comfort oriented seats, not like full on buckets. This is still a two-piece system and it looks, you know, definitely the part. Uh, but what I like the most about it is it's the exact same in the rear down to the armrest. Yeah. Because that armrest is the exact same as a front armrest. You just put it to the rear. There's a picture of it um, from the trunk view, and you can still see the vents that you know that are uh, for the second row there. Mm. So like it's it's definitely cool, um, but you know it'll, it'll never be in production. Uh, but it's just a little kind of cool concept that Volkswagen's making to kind of yeah. show off what they can do, which 
kind of sucks, you know, like Volkswagen do so much. We talked about this last week or week before when we were talking about the Golf and GTI, you know, they're, they're so good at making great cars and even great little concepts here. But then when the real product comes out, other than the GTI and Golf R that we're actually pretty excited on, the rest of the entire lineup is just... Yeah, I don't get the... Uh... <laughs> The Atlas Cross Sport overall, to me, just I don't get this car. I get the Q8, though. Like, Audi, the Q7 is not very pretty, and then the <gasps> Q8 looks a lot better, um, in my opinion. Just, like, more aggressive, more muscular. I'm going to uh, have to disagree with you. And more like an Urus. You I, like I, the Q7? I like the Q8, but I also like the Q7. But the Q7 with the um, S-Sport, look to it because the q7 you can get it with the air suspension and then with the 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 body kit the s trim body kit that they have around it mm. it actually looks pretty good it looks like just, i mean i don't know, like hate it way. it just looks really bland whereas the qh bland. just looks a lot more stylistic yeah um that's true but no the the cross sport i always thought to look very awkward Hmm. um it's it's a very bloated suv and it is based off the mqb platform so different from the bentega it's uh the smaller the golf platform basically um it's but it's so big it's, it's huge like, yeah you sit inside you it feels like a hummer like you, <laughs> you can stretch out in this like the center console like how wide that is it's almost like f-150 wide yeah, and <laughs> so yeah, we've got the dual clutch, um, two liter turbo engine that we've seen in every Volkswagen product so far. Uh, they've also put 22 inch wheels on it from ABT. Really funky wheel. They call this what the Sport HR Aero wheel. Um, it's an odd size 285 35 22 tire. This is the same size as the SQ7. Uh, and I think the SQ8, and it's a it's an odd size because no one really makes good tires in this size. Um, Audi VW plays with fire on this front, so you know this is just like to tire nerds. Um, they've bumped the RSQ8s now to a 23-inch tire, and there's like no 23-inch tires in existence, like. There's maybe two models that you can get that fit that car. And no manufacturers even make 23-inch wheels. I think Vossen is the only aftermarket manufacturer that even makes a 23. And so <laughs> it is weird because, you know, when these cars get older and then no one wants to make, like, a decent, affordable tire for them, and then you, you end up either going with something that's, like, $900 a tire or like an off brand like a like a Ling Long for like $150 a tire and then the car drives like crap. Um, or just go with aftermarket wheels. Yeah, just get a different <laughs> size, I think. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah these... I don't know about the exterior overall. It's it's slammed like it's tucking the front and rear tires. Yeah. On it's... ST coilovers. It's 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 quite low. Um as a person that loved lower cars before, this just looks wrong because um, it just looks so out of place on yeah. uh, on an SUV like this. Like, I don't 
mind a lowered SUV, but it still needs a little bit of a gap. This looks like this is tucking. Yeah. It's tucking front and rear, but there's still so much gap between the body and the ground. It's just so odd to see that. There's no body kit to kind of fill that section. I'm, I'm way more for lifting these Atlases. I've seen like <laughs> the lifted Atlas with like all-terrain tires and yeah, the you know, uh, full-size racks. Atlas, right? Yeah, and I think they look pretty good. Yeah, they I don't think, need um, much of a lift. Kind of false. Johnny tab. has one, I think. Oh, actually, I don't know. I don't know who Johnny is. Oh, <laughs> I, I was thinking like Tanner Faust had one that he showed off like a few years back at a Volkswagen event. Ah, that one was looking pretty cool. Um, I yeah, remember no. it was lifted with some AT tires on it. It definitely looked the part. Can it perform? That's a different story. But yeah, um, I mean, you put decent tires on anything, it will do okay. And like. Yeah, yeah, I see the Tanner Faust Overland build. It's got like a the, the Widow Wad on the back, and then the uh, fender flares, yeah. the rivet <laughs> oh, style yeah, the fender flares. flares. I remember the flares uh, now. <laughs> it looks it looks great, and like I I'm much so Volkswagen's whole point with this GT concept is like we're gonna spice up our lineup and just try to appeal to um, those enthusiasts that want like a performance vehicle. Because even though this is only a concept and it's only it's not actually going into production, it might inspire some people and like sway some people. Hey, I'm, I might get that car and and lower it and and do all this, you know, performance stuff to it. But I'm like, if I wanted to buy this car to modify, I would just go off road. Like, yeah, put skid plates on it, put fender flares on it the Wittawattas. It, and... <laughs> it makes more sense, you know, for a vehicle like this. I think the, the yeah. sportier look, I think the, the Tiguan or the T-Rock. Yes. That will be a little bit more. Yeah. Just don't look as bloated. Yeah. Right? Well, and even with their, with the Audis, right? We got the SQ5, which looks kind of cool. The RSQ3, which is nuts. Mm -hmm. But then when you get up to the, the Q7, the SQ7 is like, eh, I don't know. A lot of Q7 hate for me today, but I just think it's like <laughs> it's such a bland, uh, like unimaginative SUV. Um, I think they had to have the Q8. The the Q7, the current gen, the first year of the current gen. I forgot what year. I think 2016, 17, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Relatively inexpensive, like 30k. Mm. That that's why I know because I was looking. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Almost every week, I'm like, yeah, I looked into it. I, I, like, I have a few <laughs> friends that that got these and an off lease, and they're they're they are cheap. Um, yeah, but it's just. Do you want to pick up a used Audi for cheap? That's. <laughs> that's the I'm other not. Question. I'm not too against it. I just I don't want that one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, SQ7 to me is not. <laughs> they didn't even. They didn't really try on it either. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. The the Q7 is a little bit more bland. Um, I think they need a, a little bit of a update for the Q7, but they did the same thing for the, the first gen Q7. The first gen Q7 was out for so long, it just got really boring really fast. Yeah. It got just super out of date. But the, and the sad thing about it, the, the first gen Q7 was that, you know, it's a triplets, right? We've got the Cayenne, we've got the Touareg, and we've got the Q7. Mm -hmm. If you look at the resale value, like Cayenne and Tureg are like up here, and then Q7 is like 
half of them. Yeah, like the, the, no one wants a Q7, and you know mechanically they're not that different. There's fully running, driving Q7s, first gen, older ones for sale for like three grand. Yeah, because the <laughs> like, first gen was ugly too. <laughs> they were pretty ugly. Yeah, the first gen just looked like a pig. Like the Touareg is like the the slimmer down, you know, sleek version. Yeah, and then they just like bloated it up to give it three well, rows. But yeah, which they worked. wanted. They wanted the the third row in there for the Q7. Yeah. And I think the Q7, the first gen that plagued it a lot was like the interior. Um, mm -hmm. The interior just dated so MMI fast. 2G. Yeah. Actually, first gen MMI 2 they had. It, no, 2G, 2G. It was, it was just bad. Um, and then the, the infotainment screen that was in the center was this recess, like, 7-inch unit. Like, it was just all bad. Yeah. The worst thing about that one is, like, none of them had backup cameras too mm. like maybe in like 2013 they started adding them but like before that like no one had a backup camera on those it's like <laughs> how like it's a giant three-row suv but they did they give you just, parking sensors they're very they're, they're very stubborn like the germans are like a parking sensors you know <laughs> the distraction of a, of a monitor and uh <laughs> you have to have the parking sensor like like okay it wasn't until maybe yeah, 13, 14 when they really started embracing the camera, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of SUVs, we move on to the review. Um, I was in this a few weeks back now, but it was the uh, the GLS 63 AMG. <sighs> so kind of like the Q7, it, I don't understand who this is for, um, but it's it's a ridiculously fast three-row, like big wagon. Essentially, you're you're not going to take this off-road. There's 23-inch monoblock wheels on it, low-profile summer tires. It's not designed for anyone to take this off-road, um, but it is ridiculously fast 603 horsepower um i think car and driver tested it three and a half seconds to 60 miles per hour that's half a second slower than the e63 last week for six thousand pounds to this this actually weighs six thousand it's 6980 or 6960 or something like that yeah this is an old school chassis i think that's why it weighs quite a bit more than like this shouldn't weigh Almost a thousand, over a thousand pounds more than a normal Bentayga. Oh no, no, uh, sorry, it's six thousand pounds. Oh, okay. So it's it's just it's just Bentayga size. Bentayga hybrid, but the normal Bentayga is five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds less. less. Yeah. So that's. I don't think this thing should weigh that much. Um, it is. It's it's slightly bigger than the Bentayga. It's a like, true three row. Yeah. Yeah, the Bentayga is more like a. A four two plus a two kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's just it's so much and it's so loud. Like when you have the butterflies open uh, on the exhaust, it's just so loud. It's just so crazy of an SUV. But like, who who really is buying this? You know, like if it's a status symbol, like the GLS sixty three is purely a, a status symbol like it's the top of the line mercedes before you get up to the mybox um but the mybox makes sense 
to yes. me because it's a luxury it's a giant luxo barge yeah yeah this i mean yes it's faster than the 580 and the 450 that it has but i i like i just can't put my finger on why you need a fast three row suv like this because yeah. like the the 580 it's the same engine it's still the four liter twin turbo eight yeah. like it's yes it's less power it doesn't have all the amg bits but do you really need track pace to measure your laps? Do you really need like a full-on race mode? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm guessing like the actual dynamics, you can't get around it. Like it's no. it's at the end of the day, it's a giant three-row SUV, and they don't. It's not something that like eggs you on to, you know, corner hard or go go to the canyons in this. Like you're not going to do anything. <laughs> Fun with I, it. I, I did some mountain driving with it like yes it was ridiculously fast from apex out but going into it i was scared <laughs> like yeah. I, I was like all right i just gotta remember there's 285 sections front tires this is six thousand mm -hmm. pound suv i can't be fast turning in yeah and i the wheels okay <laughs> but I'll let you get started on the wheels because All right. I have my opinion on these wheels. So monoblock wheels on AMG products, you know, they're they're kind of legendary, right? Um, on the 190E, I think it's like the first time we ever seen it and looks amazing on there. I think there were 17s back then or maybe 18s. They look great back then because they have a little bit of a dish to them and they're just recessed in. They look great. But 23 inches monoblocks, they don't work yeah. to me it's it's a very divided uh kind of question because there's a lot of people that love this 23 inch monoblock then there's me yeah. i i cannot stand them. no you know what this <laughs> wheel looks like it looks like a spare tire wheel <laughs> like this is like if you if you pop one of your 23s but you gotta clear the big brakes, the eight piston or whatever brakes that are on this, that's the spare tire <laughs> that you would put in because it's got no dish to it. So it's completely flat, but it's maximizing like this. This type of design is really to maximize um, uh, brake clearance um, because there's there's no dish and there's no concavity to it. And yeah, I don't know which car a spare tire looks like this, but it to me, it looks like a spare tire. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't look the part. It's, no, there's better wheels. In my opinion, they have this multi-spoke wheel, which is just, it's beautiful. It's the better wheel to go for um, yeah. rather than these really massive monoblocks. Um, I just don't think it fits the vehicle. You know, the yeah, if they shrunk better. this wheel down like to like a 17 or 18 inch, slapped it on G-Wagon, I'd be kind of down with that. But on this vehicle with a 23 and stretched out like that with low profile rubbers, it just doesn't, doesn't look cool. Looks kind of looks kind of off. Looks kind of wrong. Yeah. It's uh, AMG monoblocks are super heavy. <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. Actually, well, I'm gonna see if I can find this out. With with that much surface area. Maybe you can drill it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying they're a low quality wheel or anything, but they're they're yeah. No, definitely yeah. Um other than that, 
it's such an eyesore. Like it sticks out like a sore thumb. It, it's <laughs> infuriating how ugly these wheels are. Other than that, um, another problem that plagued me when driving this vehicle was I was using the the third row in it, and because it's a luxury vehicle the third row in order for you to get to the third row there's a button on the second row that you press on and the second row electronically folds up and forward out of the way but that process takes so long because it's all electric it you you stand there for a good like 30 seconds while you're you know you got rained on you got snow on you you're holding kids groceries whatever it may be before you can get to the third row Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you got to pull that seat back. And it's not, you know, like most cars where it's just, uh, it's on a spring. You press that button and you have to press and hold that button for that to slowly come back. That's another 20, 30 seconds. While the person in the second row is waiting outside in the rain, getting completely soaked <laughs> before you can get into the second row. Like, <laughs> It's it's such a problem to have this electronic third row. Like I get, or second row, I should say. Like I get it, it's luxurious. You know, when you're buying a, a vehicle like this for 170000 or something like that, somewhere close to that, you know, you want everything to be automated. Mm-hmm. I get that. But th- just give me a good old spring. Like really. Um, good news was this is uh, the six-passenger version which means there is a pass-through in the center. Uh, Ooh, so you can just... A lot go, easier to... Yeah, you don't wait. Just go through the center. Uh, but the third row, like, I can sit back there at 5.11, and it's fine. Like, it's comfortable. It's not like, you know, more traditional three-row SUVs or, like, the GLE or the x 5 third row, where it's just there as, like, a temporary placement. This actually yeah. fits adults. Yeah. and I, Oh, and so these wheels are the most expensive option wheel you can get is two thousand dollars which is not that much actually uh because the standard wheel is already a 22 inch um so they they come in a silver color which is even worse uh that's fifteen hundred dollars or you can pay the the extra five hundred dollars to get matte black or you can just get the multi-spoke wheel for for less and just have a better looking car at the end of the day yeah Uh, i will say one thing if if you're buying your $200,000 SUV and you, for some odd reason, have to wash your own car, that five-spoke <laughs> wheel is easier to maintain. It, than, okay. <laughs> so you're thinking it's easier because there's less spokes, right? Mm-hmm. It's not because there's such a big flat surface and the black is matte and matte surfaces require a little bit more attention. Uh, get the silver one then. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it probably blo- it's so much surface area that it, the brake dust doesn't even get through to the other side. <laughs> it it did. So okay during during my week with it, it got it got pretty dirty at the end of the week. There's a lot of brake dust on it. Uh, nice. But even when I picked it up new, you can see like scratch marks on the surface because of the matte black that it was. Like it in no way was it a, a good surface for you to actually clean. Yeah. So like you know. This is this is really good advice for you know those people that are listening to this podcast. Just do um, not get these wheels. <laughs> if you have two hundred thousand dollars and you're buying your GLS sixty three, uh, don't opt for the two thousand dollar wheels. 
offer the one that's less expensive, the multi-spoke, so that the person that you take it to to get it cleaned, that'll be better. Yeah. And it's just better to look at and everything. It's, everything is better about the... We're, we're uh, all about consumer advice here on the yeah. tires. I will say one <laughs> thing. I think I think AMG on these vehicles is kind of a scam because <laughs> you pay $40,000 more. And I mean, this is the same. Cayenne turbos are a scam, Turbo S. It's just when you get to that level, it's, it's just for bragging rights and they know... The, the higher they price it, it's like a win-win because the company makes more money and then whoever's buying it has more bragging rights. But for $40,000, you don't get that much more performance or style or luxury and anything out of it. I don't know. That's This is my take with, with any of these crazy SUVs. The, the exception being the SQ7 is not that big of a price jump. And even like the X5Ms, X6Ms, they're not that big of a price jump. With the AMG SUVs, um, yeah, it's 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 quite a big jump with this one and also the Cayenne. Is it 40k more than the 580? 580. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, 34, 35. So <coughs> the um, the engine I would choose in the GLS is not the 580. It's actually the 450 um, because the 450 is the three liter in line six with the eq system and that engine is smooth and because it's mercedes you can get every single option for your you know for uh 450 then you can get with the 580 mm -hmm. um, other than i think the only option that the 580 has the 450 doesn't get it's the um that trick air suspension where you can have it on like bounce mode and everything which honestly you shouldn't be bothering because it'll the... break <laughs> oh i was just gonna say the 450 rides really well because i had the 450 before and just even on the regular air suspension it rides well you don't need that trick air suspension it doesn't do it like the e job active that much body control it's nine thousand dollars yeah <laughs> can you get that on the amg no you can't so only the 580 gets the, the 580 uh, gets that as an um, option even what it does is like if you turn in it dips that side so you, if you turn left it collapses almost the left suspension so that way it kind of carves you in kind of like a bike absolutely yeah. useless but you know if you if you turn, keep turning left and right your car does <laughs> it's just really weird looking yeah i think mean, i don't know yeah per performance suv I just, I just, it just doesn't sit right with me this one, um, but I, I understand as a business proposition, it's like it's probably like crazy profits for Mercedes. Yeah, honestly. let's be honest. Like you know, it's a little bit more money for them to put this together. Just literally a little bit more because there's no R and D that's needed. Yeah. You know, it's the same engine. It's just putting an AMG badge on the back, bigger brakes. There's little to no R and D that that you have to put into it. Yeah. But then someone can buy it and have full bragging rights, then it's perfect. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they actually sell probably more of the 63 than they do of the 580 because of that. Because if you're yeah. already at that level, like, let's be honest, for, for me, if I'm looking at it, if I had this kind of money, I'm either going with a base 450 engine so that I can kind of show off to people that I have a GLS but don't actually spend the money or be like, 
just spend it all anyways what's additional yeah. like 40k yeah and a gls is already starts at 102 <laughs> it's a so 450 so you know it's not it's not like you're buying a 318 or 316 bmw anymore like the base model is is pretty nice um, I, th- I think in some markets you can get even a smaller displacement engine probably like a four-cylinder or something um, <laughs> it won't move. yeah because it's so heavy i don't know yeah gls or gle for you um so the the exterior styling of the two is very different um i the interior is exact same there's no difference between the insides yeah um but the exterior i like the gls a little bit more because it's a little Mm -hmm. bit more blocky um it's the taillights on the gle that i'm not as big of a fan of because they're a little bit more narrow Mm -hmm. than they should be uh the gls looks a little bit better but like having a three-row SUV, it's just nice to move the family around. Yeah. Um, but like, I have five. I had five people in this car, and I was trying to fit stroller, diaper bag, and a little bit of groceries. We mm-hmm. we packed it to the brim because it's a stupid six-passenger layout. I couldn't fit all five people within the first two rows. I had to put someone in the third row, which took up a massive amount of trunk space. And mm. of course, there's not a lot of space behind the the third, third row. row. So like... I you get I just... an Escalade if you want something roomy. <laughs> that is the answer, is the Escalade. No, you so, get a Sprinter. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if I want like to rock 23-inch wheels and a car that can really pull them off, like the Escalade... Sprinter. The Yukons. Sprinter on uh, 23s look pretty good. No, but to your point about <laughs> like no R&D money, like a GLE 450 is $25,000 less than a GLS 450. I don't remember it being that big of a price jump back mm. when the GL, well, the GL back in the day came out. Mm. It was literally like, okay, we're going to box off the rear and give you two extra seats. Uh, we can't charge you 25 grand more for it. But that's where we're at now with the with the uh, GLE versus GLS. So that's why I think there is uh, kind of a value proposition for the GLE. GLE, yeah. I think the, the big thing is they're selling the GLS as uh, SUV that the an S class of SUVs. Mm-hmm. That's what they're selling it as, but I don't see it that way because the interior is exactly like a GLE. It's just an enlarger, like enlarged uh, GLE. GLE. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas even X7 to X5, there is some more significant. Oh yeah, hugely. Yeah, and the X5 to X7 is also twenty five thousand dollar difference. They're basically priced. Um, the same way gls so gls base model maybe not not such a good value then i don't know hmm. there's really good consumer advice coming today um, yeah for those of you looking for hundred thousand dollar family haulers uh, don't um, buy two thousand dollar wheels for it um, yep. don't get the gls because don't get the amg yeah <laughs> don't get the gle and the four check out the escalade <laughs> If not the Sprinter. (laughs) (laughs) 
The, sprint, the sprinter is not cheap. If you want to get a sprinter spec'd out that way, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've I, I've looked at sprinters before because uh, a friend of mine's business he was looking at sprinter vents, and I was like. I had no idea sprinters were that expensive. Yeah, um, I'm looking into it as well right now, <laughs> and it's like I don't know because I'm I'm looking at trading my my F150 for uh, a van, uh, mm. just because it's just better for moving the stuff that we like. We're 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 hauling a lot of parts across the border these days, every two weeks, and the F150 is borderline too small. Like I didn't think it would be, uh, but it's it's we've outgrown it especially with the the longer bed that you actually have that you didn't know exactly even with the longer <laughs> bed and i'm like how do people get any work done with mid-sized trucks like i'm just like <laughs> they're just lifestyle trucks and i'm like yeah because like we oh we moved a four by eights last week in it and that was great because you don't it doesn't even hang past the tailgate with the long mm-hmm. bed um because your bed's what six and a half Six and a half, and then you add like two feet from the tailgate. The tailgate. So, so it doesn't even hang past that. So it was awesome. Um, but a van could take it even. Yeah, easier. I was gonna say like a Honda Odyssey takes a four by eight. No oh, problem. Mm, <laughs> no, they will have to slide underneath the front seat. It's it's uh, tight to put it in a minivan. It if it's a Pacifica, not the plug-in hybrids, even the plug-in hybrids, but you got to remove the second row. Fits four yeah. by eight, no problem. Because I did that last time. Yeah, I had a grand caravan or a town and country with the stow and go, mm. and it would just close the the. Yeah, it's it's tight. It's right at the end, uh, but yeah. I didn't have to move the seat on the. Pacific I could Island. only fit about maybe four inches thick of it, and then if oh. any more, it would start eating into the, the the front seat. Like I had to move this front seat up. Uh, sounds, they have awkward seating positions regardless. Those, those sounds vans. like your next van should be uh, the Chevy Express or the GMC Savannah. Yeah, the timeless. Or, or the Ford Ecoline. Do they even make that anymore? No, right? No, they killed it's all that transit, off. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got into that tangent, but uh, <laughs> stay tuned on uh, the King Tires. And, and van news, I guess. And van news, yeah. We'll see. Um Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. Have a good one.